The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. Now we're joined by George Parker, who is political editor of the Financial Times. And Liz Truss's resignation has obviously created uh, an opening for what now seem to be three main contenders for the position, that being Penny Morden, Rishi Sunak and Boris Johnson. They will have to satisfy a number of electors, the MPs, the Conservative Party and the broader electorate when they take to the polls. But also, according to George Parker and the Financial Times, they will have to satisfy the markets because to a degree it is the markets that that made the decision that Liz Truss's tenure was no longer tenable. George Parker, can you just explain to us how the markets reacted to Liz Truss and what they will require of her replacement? Well, the markets took the view that what Liz Truss did in terms of the mini budget in September was absolutely mad. In fact, in the city of London, it's called the it's called something called the moron risk uh, 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 Dividend, not dividends, uh, so more on risk um, premiums, sorry, more on risk premiums, what they call it. So this is the view that um, she'd borrowed so much money, £45 billion. Um, there wasn't a clear way in which the money was going to be repaid. The bond markets reacted terribly. They started pushing up the borrowing costs for the government. And of course, crucially, that meant it was being passed directly through to Conservative voters in their mortgages, sometimes five or six hundred pounds a month extra on their mortgage payments as they came to came off fixed deals so that became a huge problem for Liz Truss she had to sack a chancellor brought in a new chancellor and promised to reverse most of the unfunded tax cuts she previously previously announced and we're expecting worse to come more tax rises more spending cuts as well as the government desperately tries to balance the books uh, and see off the markets and of course the Bank of England had to step in and do its best to shore up sterling throughout that yeah, I mean, an ex- extraordinary situation where the Bank of England was basically having to come in and clear up the mess left by the government. Um, had to come in and shore up pension funds. Um, it was an emergency intervention. So you had a crazy situation where the Bank of England was trying to bear down on inflation by putting up interest rates. Whilst at the same time, the government was borrowing vast sums of money to try to pump up the economy. It was absolutely ludicrous, which is going back to what I said earlier, why some people in the city just regard it as totally moronic. Can you explain, George, the one thing that I have not been able to get my head around is how, given the amount of hands that a budget like this would have to travel through, how nobody was able to explain to the ultimate decision makers what you are describing as the moron risk premium? Well, it's because the the Liz Trust came in to office um, denouncing all the, the accumulated wisdom of all the institutions in Britain that are designed to stop governments doing stupid things. So... She spent her whole leadership campaign denouncing the Treasury orthodoxy. Um, she sidelined the Office of Budget Responsibility, which produces forecasts on what the government intends to do. Um, and the Bank of England as well, she threatened to rewrite their mandates. So all the bodies that might have advised her, she basically said, blah, 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 we're not going to listen to you. We know what we're doing. It was an arrogance born out of the fact that she'd been advised by a load of right-wing economists whose ideas had never actually been tested in the real world. And she said, we're going to do it anyway. And they actually believe that by cutting taxes, um, genuinely, to be fair to them, they've sincerely held the view that by cutting taxes, including cutting the top rate of income tax for very rich people, this will make Britain a more dynamic and prosperous economy. The problem was that the markets didn't believe it, the public hated it, um, and the whole thing blew up uh, within a matter of days. So to what degree do the markets now have to be satisfied by the choice of her replacement? I think it's really important because the, only half of the repair job on that disastrous budget has been done. So as I mentioned, Jeremy Hunt has reversed uh, two thirds of the uh, £45 billion of unfunded tax cuts. 
but he's looking to fill in a, an additional fiscal hole of about £40 billion. So that's some really tough decisions to come. At the moment, the markets have been reassured that Jeremy Hunt, the new Chancellor, is a, is a reassuring figure. If I spoke to one Tory MP last week, he said going in to listen to Jeremy Hunt was like going to a health spa. <laughs> it was that calming. And that's what the market's like. They like the idea this guy is prepared to say what he has called eye-wateringly difficult decisions. Now, the thing is, if Rishi Sunak becomes the next Prime Minister, um, we were reporting in our, in our paper today that there will be a, a dullness dividend, that the markets will believe that Rishi Sunak is serious about keeping things under control. However, there is the counter argument, which is if it's not Rishi Sunak, or Penny Morden, to be fair, who's someone who's probably quite centrist and will probably keep Jeremy Hunt in place too. If it was Boris Johnson, it would be an entirely different proposition. The markets, I think, would be very worried about that. And in fact, yesterday, um, when it became a bit more likely that Boris Johnson was going to stand again and there was a bit of momentum behind him, the uh, borrowing costs for the government actually shot up a bit. So already there are signs that people are worried that if Boris Johnson comes in, they'd be very worried indeed. The prospect of the, the relative success of, of Boris Johnson this early in the race is already having an impact on sterling bond yields. Yeah, it, it, there, was a, there was a noticeable uh, pickup in, uh, in, in the in guilt yields um, shortly after Ben Wallace, the Defence Secretary, said he was going to back Boris Johnson. Um, and the, the, reason that, that, the reason the market's worried about that is, is twofold. One is that they don't think that Boris Johnson would be as fiscally disciplined as the other two candidates, or indeed whether Jeremy Hunt would carry on as Chancellor under Boris Johnson. And you only have to go back to when Boris Johnson was Prime Minister. Um, when Rishi Sunak resigned as his Chancellor back in July, obviously there was a lot of leadership machinations going on at the time, but there was also underlying it a lot of tension about how disciplined Boris Johnson was prepared to be. And in his resignation letter, Rishi Sunak said, the public know that if something's too good to be true, it's not true. In other words, that Boris Johnson was playing magic money tree economics. Um, so they worry about the economics of it, but also the other thing that they worry about is if Boris Johnson came back, we moved into another period of extreme political volatility. Um, the, Boris Johnson's a massively divisive figure in the party, of course. Lots of Tory MPs wouldn't serve in his government. Some Tory MPs are threatening that they would resign, trigger by-elections. And then, of course, you've got this ludicrous situation that Boris Johnson is still facing a House of Commons inquiry into whether he lied to MPs over Partygate. That inquiry will play out over weeks or at least days of televised hearings at the end of which he could be suspended from the House of Commons if he's found guilty. That could trigger a by-election in his Uxbridge constituency, which he'd almost certainly lose. And then in two or three months' time, Tory party will be back again looking to appoint yet another Prime Minister. I mean, that is not just extraordinarily worrying for the country as a whole, I, I, I suggest, but certainly concerned with, concerning for people who are handling billions of pounds worth of uh, portfolios in the markets. And of course, I suppose the decision for some backbench Tory MPs will be the way up on one hand of the market reaction and the public reaction to uh, Boris Johnson coming back if he does versus him being the only one with apparently proven electoral success. Yeah, the, the supporters of Boris Johnson say that, first of all, he, he is a proven election winner. Um, and that's certainly true. He won two elections as mayor of London in the predominantly Labour voting city, which is, is an, an impressive feat. Um, those were in the days when he was a sort of progressive Liberal Conservative, of course. Then he, he shape-shifted into becoming a hardline Brexiteer to win the 29 elections Prime Minister, to promise him to get Brexit done. So he's an election winner. The other thing that supporters will say is that actually Boris Johnson at least has a mandate from the people. You know, he won the 2019 election with an 80-seat majority. Um, so that gets that would might help to address 
the understandable concerns in the British public that the Tory party keep inflicting prime ministers on them that they didn't vote for. So that, those, are the, those are the arguments in favour of him. The arguments against him are the ones I've just mentioned. Plus, of course, the reason he was forced out of office in July was because over 60 ministers refused to serve in his government because they thought essentially he was a, a liar um, and his standards in public office have fallen miles below the standards anyone should expect. So those are the, those are the pros and quite big cons about him coming back. Extraordinary times. George, thank you very much for that analysis. That is George Parker, the uh, Financial Times political editor. And our apologies there just for a bit of wind noise on the back of George's line. Coming up, we're going to be talking to Geoffrey Archer about his new book. We'll also put some of the questions about uh, recent political issues to him because, of course, he was a former chairman of the Conservative Party, very close to Margaret Thatcher, and will have a view on what is happening to his party currently. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at 9 on News Talk.